grab your coffee and clear your cache. It's time for the next installment of Grande, Grande Texpectations. This podcast is run by Anzo DLT, and your hosts today are Sichelle Dorenkamp and Aaron Holland with two very special guests. Yes, so excited. Before we get to our guests, so Aaron, what are you drinking today? I'm sticking with the tried and true cold brew. Mm. It's great on these hot summer days. And that salsa cream cold foam just gives it that little touch of sweetness that right. you need. So good. What about you? I am doing the iced cloud macchiato. Haven't had it in a little, a long time. Just a, felt like the right combination of cold and sweet and coffee this morning. Absolutely. Um, so we kind of got started on this little journey that we might not have realized at first. Mm -hmm. um, in our last episode, we talked about our own remote learning lessons. That's right. Yeah, right. So relevant right now, especially Absolutely. with uh, what's going on in education right now, the possibility yeah. of some remote learning going on yeah. um, this up and coming school year, almost yeah. a month away, y'all. Yeah. And we also talked to a former Onslow County student, current college student, mm -hmm. about her lessons learned during remote learning. And that kind of inspired us to keep the conversation going. Yeah. Um, so in our in our episode today, our guests who will be joining us include Miss Joycelyn Cassidy, who is a school principal. Right at uh, what Southwest Middle School this year. She's actually my uh, principal, so mm -hmm. super pumped to have her on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. And we will also be joined by Mr. Michael Elder, mm -hmm. who is our college and career readiness director. He is kind of the go-to man when we're talking about AVID oh, in yeah. the schools uh -huh. or when we are talking about academically and intellectually gifted students. Yeah. So he wears a lot of hats. He does. Um, so we are looking forward to getting both of their perspectives, both of their lessons learned during remote learning, uh -huh. and um, looking forward how that looks from, from both of their lenses. Um so, just to kind of give you some information, by the time this episode airs, um, the governor in North Carolina, where we are, Governor Roy Cooper, uh -huh. will have made an announcement as far as what plan the state recommends for North Carolina public schools. Right. Um, and we, in, in one of our um, conversations... Uh, have referred to like plan A, plan B, plan C. So mm -hmm. for those of you listening who are not North Carolina residents, um, and I don't know if this looks very similar or different state to state. Right. But basically plan A would be the most open, all kids returning to school with some restrictions in place as far as social distancing and things. But mm -hmm. A would be the least restrictive right. return to school. Right. Plan C going the opposite direction would kind of look like how we finish school in the spring. It would be all remote. Right. Straight up. Students remote. starting at home and learning remotely. Plan B is kind of a hybrid. It's more restrictive than A, but it does bring kids back into the building. That one is the one that but, there's been a lot of conversation. How is yeah. this going to look? It splits them up like yeah. A, B days and mm -hmm. some kids are at home and some are at school and they flip. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so by the time this episode airs, North Carolina will have received some guidance yeah. whether the state is recommending A, B, or C. Uh -huh. And then the counties have to determine 
to either go with the plan that the state chooses or to go with a more restrictive plan just based on resources in the county, the specific needs of that county, so on and so forth. Right. Um, So we will probably come back to you at some point with, you know, some more discussion after Uh we have a better picture of what that return for our students on August 17th is going to look like. But we... um, are so much looking forward to our guests. So excited about them. They're just wonderful leaders yes. here in Onslow County. Just great people. Yes. And Michael Elder is probably the nicest man in Onslow County schools. <laughs> Easily the nicest man in Onslow County schools. Well, and Sashelle and I have both been very lucky to have worked extensively with both Miss Cassidy and Mr. Elder. Yes. Oh, love them. Such... When I think about leaders that I look up to and I really respect, when especially when it comes to guidance, in a situation like remote learning, mm-hmm. they are definitely at the top of my list. So I'm thrilled that they agreed to be on our podcast. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's welcome our first guest. All right, so we are excited to be talking to Miss Joycelyn Cassidy. She is the principal at Southwest Middle School, one of my former principals when I was in the classroom at Hunters Creek Middle School, and Sechelle's current principal. That's right. So good morning, Miss Cassidy. Good morning, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. We're Um, super excited. Thank you. I am too. too. (laughs) And we've been talking about trying to get you on for a while, so we are really happy that we finally have you on and we can you know, talk to you and get your perspective on some things. So it's and I will try. I like your glasses. Oh, thank oh you. Oh, God, so I like your glasses. Thank you. <laughs> thank Sorry you. about that. Matching <laughs> your lipsticks. That's right. That's right. So um, we've been talking to several people about the lessons learned from remote learning. And I just know from meetings that I've been involved in and from speaking with Sechelle that Y'all had a great deal of success mm-hmm. here at I Southwest like Middle in the spring. So can you kind of talk to us about what the spring looked like for y'all? Um, we've shared with our listeners the very quick transition that Onslow County Schools as a whole went from brick and mortar to remote. But just specifically for Southwest Middle School, how that transition kind of went down mm-hmm. from your opinion as an administrator. Um, you know what? Honestly, and, I, and it goes to what the DLTS and Sashel and the staff had already had in place, was already practicing, um, other than the informing of what it was going to be, they really kind of went with what they already knew. Um, those that didn't sought guidance from their colleagues and peers, Sashel provided some other little quick mini lessons to help get folks started. So they were able to hit the ground running, so to speak, and actually move it forward. I also think in the process, they learned some of their own strengths that they maybe didn't realize they had uh-huh. or capability. Coming out of the comfort zone is okay to do. It's okay to mess up. Uh-huh. But, you know, we learn oftentimes when we mess up. So I feel like with as sudden as it was, we did a good job of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I remember telling the staff that very first meeting, after the very first announcement, I was like, this is the time you can be as creative as you want mm-hmm, to be, uh-huh. be the teacher you've always dreamed of being, mm-hmm. and move forward, uh-huh. move forward. Obviously, focusing on what had to take place, right. the importance of the curriculum, because time was not on our side, but you can do almost anything you want to do 
and just take that chance with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in in moving through that whole process through the the remainder of the school year, in your occasions that you had to speak with staff, to speak with students, to speak with parents, what was the overall? I don't want to say temperature, but what was the, the overall feeling moving through from those perspectives? Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety for parents. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to something I've been preaching a long time ago, um, or since we've kind of gone one-to-one more on a virtual level, is moving forward, helping our parents understand how to navigate teams mm-hmm. on their own. So no one expected that we would end up in a situation like this. So it never necessarily became a priority. But I think now we understand that open line of communication and that real partnership is that bringing them on board as well. Mm-hmm. Um, students, technology-wise, they had it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they really had did. it. Yeah, they did. Funny, I'd be sitting in on a Teams class session and the teacher would be trying to navigate, you know, like the little tools and things like that. And then the kid is speaking up and said, no, Miss such said, do it this way, click here, click there, or you want me to share my screen? You know, so the yeah. kids had it. Mm-hmm. That kid's anxiety wasn't there. I think right. it was more the self-discipline, mm-hmm. the motivation, which is still age-consistent. For middle school students, they're they're kids. They're going right. to be kids. Absolutely. So that's another learning piece is how to bridge that monitoring piece between mm-hmm. the student, the teacher, and the staff, the self-discipline, and the motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be this this student perspective. Right. And, I guess and what a great opportunity for schools like your own that have the AVID program has taken deep roots mm-hmm. to really pull in that toolkit to help kids with their motivation and time management and studying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for schools like your own that have been using those AVID strategies. And that that's was one be. of the kudos we received from AVID was the blending of the techni- technology piece with the AVID strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. was one of the things that we, they said was a success for us. So that kind of just moved forward. That was probably the smoothest thing for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, other than other you know, issues or things like that, like I said, the motivation, things like that. That technology piece was just, oh, this is just another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so as of right now, we are still in this kind of limbo land. We don't really know what school is going to look like on August 17th when our students... Mm-hmm quote come back to school Mm -hmm. um whether that be in real life or virtually but let's picture for a second that whatever decision gets made it's august 10th Mm -hmm. you're welcoming your staff back either Mm -hmm. face to face or online what are some of the lessons that you learned in the spring that you've had time to reflect on throughout this summer that you will kind of guide your staff mm-hmm. starting in the fall? Um, developing ways to ensure engagement as best we can within our control. Mm-hmm. Um, setting a structure and a routine. Mm-hmm. That is really important, even though we have to be flexible with learning from home and you know those other outside factors. Mm-hmm. But still having a schedule for the students and the teachers to get them... I mean, they often say people that work from home have a work schedule. Mm-hmm. They dress for work. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've gotten comfortable and made jokes about it, <laughs> but they dress for work because that, that's their mindset. So we need to have the same type of 
structure that we have a schedule for school mm -hmm. and you are in school and you are teaching in school whether there's a screen in front of you or not mm -hmm. so i think that is very important is, is having that type of schedule um allowing for an opportunity of transition believe it or not mm -hmm. when even though we're going from a class virtually to another class virtually a teacher needs to have that time in there mm -hmm. to get their folks together especially if it's separate subjects mm -hmm. we need to have a moment to get up and move our body Mm -hmm. um, students need that opportunity mm -hmm. and just because we're at home doesn't mean that everything's right at our fingertips so we've got to have that break so to speak right. yeah um, not overwhelming the students not overwhelming the teachers as well mm -hmm. and definitely not overwhelming the parents mm -hmm. because again this is new to them so having that compassion of just take a breath we can do this together and when I say we we have got to use that pronoun mm -hmm. we have got to do this together or we Absolutely. can do this together um, and then the resources I think the other piece I mean this will well, take place obviously on the first day is helping teachers find the resources that they need mm -hmm. the professional development that they need because this technology piece is going to keep changing mm -hmm. so that they feel comfortable um, and, and I don't mean just the tools, but I mean how to continue teaching when there's something going on in the background. Mm -hmm. um, how to alleviate some of that social-emotional piece, anxiety kids are having mm -hmm. um, when they can't get it to click and then they start to panic or the parents start to panic. Mm -hmm. um, having some other resources like that for the students and the teachers to make sure that it continues forward and that we are okay. The downside of this and you know, there's nothing sadder than being a, being in a school building. A <laughs> school building is a resource building. Empty, right? Um, but there's a social emotional piece to this um, that we have to. I mean, every day we we understand check the child's social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. But when they're not with us and we can't see their eyes, there's another thing we've got to look for, and we've got to figure out how to look for that too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. in this virtual world. Yeah. So moving forward, especially like on the heels of the successes that y'all had in the spring and even, you know, some of the failures, how do you see education changing or adapting or not moving forward? It's going to be adapting because it's going to move forward. Mm -hmm. It may be a moving forward that we're not comfortable with, and I think that's going to be generational I don't right. know I mean, that's just me talking but it's going to move forward mm -hmm. uh, we're just going to have to adapt to that what that's going to look like and then make sure that that the progression is making is in a positive manner mm -hmm. um, so that that's that's where that constant PD is going to come in and reflection I, I, actually I take that back I think the reflection piece is more important well not more important but it's as important mm -hmm. as understanding and reflecting how this is impacting your instruction then the student learning, their learning styles, because now we have to be prepared for, you know, not just teaching, but teaching based on environmental factors and how it's going to impact their learning style mm -hmm. and yeah. their teaching style. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think this, if there's a, a plus side to, like, what, what has all occurred, I think that one of those is making us as staff members more aware of what our students mm -hmm. need have at home don't have at home like it is very easy to sit in your classroom with those 30 kids and not really think right. beyond your walls right mm -hmm. yes but mm -hmm. this has definitely opened some eyes to 
the disparities right. that yes. exist. Well, and, Absolutely. and understanding that, you know, we make the joke about um, parents tend to us what they have. Right. Okay. But now also understanding that oftentimes, and I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, oftentimes we forget because we caught up in our four walls, we get caught up in that goal, mm-hmm. that deadline, that assessment, mm-hmm. that we forget the human factor. And that's neither here nor there because we're human also right. and we've got our own anxieties. But now you're right, it's, it's, I'm not in your world, but I am kind of in your world mm-hmm. because you're there and, and I'm here. So we have to be cognizant. I think many times parents are doing the very, very best they can and this is mm-hmm. just as different for them. Yeah, we often true. look at them as the teacher and what in our world, we what we want a kid to have when they walk through the door. But that doesn't mean it's that the parents' world. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just like with the military. The military sees the world from a military perspective, and that's good mm-hmm. because they have a job to do. But, you know, seeing it from other perspectives is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to stand in somebody else's shoes. I mean, that's right. an idiom for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, Sashelle and I have talked about this before, but like as teachers, I think sometimes we project like how we were as a student yes. mm-hmm. and that, that is what we expect of our students, yeah. but that is not going to drive always right. because we grew up in different environments. Right. We definitely are growing up in different generations, mm-hmm. but we, I definitely speaking with teachers at my school I know that many of them became more aware of their students' circumstances. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's always a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was harder because we couldn't do as much about it because right. they weren't in our class. Right. But it is good to have that awareness yeah. Yeah. moving forward. Yeah, and just sure. like you said, reflecting on, okay, these are the things that I you know, became yeah. aware of. Mm-hmm. How am I going to put them into practice? And also, right. I'm saying you can't solve everything either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? So sometimes you have to step back and find a resolution, not a solution. Right. You know, yeah, you, you, you can't solve everything because if you go in thinking you're going to fix something and you just can't, that's more anxiety on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, there's just so much control we have. And then when you accept what you cannot control, <laughs> you can move forward. Yeah. Right. You're I right. think sometimes that's a hard thing for us as teachers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We yeah. have to take this from out of control. And it's yeah. even harder with remote learning because mm-hmm. where you had a little bit of control when you're in, the, in your class, now you have pretty much like no control over right. your student environment. Like right. at least you could make things positive for them in your classroom, but right. now it's, yeah. 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 So yeah, finding those other ways of making connections yeah. and building rapport and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, as we, in a month, start this oh, school right. year? Yeah. Believe that. What are whether we are coming back in Plan A, Plan B, or Plan C? What are some of the things that you are most looking forward to about this upcoming school year? Seeing people. <laughs> right? I hear that. Seeing I hear people. That. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, um, adhering to the recommendations and guidelines, which um, to me is, is setting a little anxiety for me because, you know, it's easy to control or to do for 50. It's not when it's 500 or 1,000, as some of the schools here have. But looking forward to is the interaction with the kids virtually or not yeah you know interaction with the kids and the, and the teachers obviously so yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah, and as a butterfly, and I think we've talked about this maybe on an earlier podcast, but I know I'm a bit of a social butterfly. That has been a hard mm-hmm. adjustment. And a lot, I think a lot of us, you know, we're in it for the students mm-hmm. and them not being yeah. on campus. That mm-hmm. is tough. Yeah, yeah. I've walked down halls and they're just like so quiet. Yeah. And just so quiet. And to me, it almost feels darker than when we're here. Yeah. You know, everybody's here. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say that there is not an educator who is not itching to get back. Mm-hmm. I think usually this time in the summer is where we're probably like, huh. No, I'm getting phone calls. Can <laughs> you come to class? Um, you're going to be here less than a month. I'm <laughs> not late. No, I just want to just wait. It'll, it'll be okay. I think this is going to be an interesting year for <laughs> it, the return because yeah. well, normally this well is the be. time where we're like, oh, I only have a month left. Yeah. I want more summer. It has been enough time. Mm-hmm. But I think now everyone's like, oh, my, I can't wait to get back. Yeah. Even the kids that I've seen out mm-hmm. in town and have spoken to mm-hmm. that I've said, are well, you I mean, looking forward to coming back? Yes. You know, kids don't, well, they don't come to school just to learn. I mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah. But th- that, that social interaction is, is what they need. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. um, even if we are in Plan C, we still have that social interaction in a way. Right. You know, yeah. so just that connection, no matter what form of school of life, is going to be important for everyone. Yeah. yeah, I think so, so too. I think so, too. I think we've definitely all learned, even people who are, you know, more independent and more introverted i think we've all learned that we need mm-hmm. that human mm-hmm. to human yes, contact whether absolutely. you know whether it be in person or through the screen but we need somebody to right. talk to right. <laughs> <laughs> not just the people in our yeah. house yeah yeah, yeah. Or the dog that's the dog, yeah. Yeah, the dogs aren't the best company sometimes. Not great at the conversation. They'll listen. They just won't talk back. Well, Miss Cassidy, we definitely appreciate well, you yes, joining thank us. Thank you so much. And <laughs> we've enjoyed no, your that was perspective. Good. Yeah. That was good. It was yeah. great. I'm yeah. proud of y'all. Thank well, you. Well, we know that whatever plan that Southwest is going to be kicking it that's right yeah. come august i've got my plan a plan b plan c for Woo-woo. for teaming and, nice. and scheduling not for anything else but it's getting there, <laughs> it's going to get there. we're just waiting yeah. on what's what is something yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 well and we'll we'll find out soon enough and just like every year with educators we'll make it work it will that's, be all right, right. <laughs> it will be we'll all right make it work we'll be ready to we, welcome those kids we will and make it work that's right that's all she wrote that's yeah. all right all right thanks for having me thank, thank you. you all right all right, so we are very excited today to be joined by Mr. Michael Elder. Woohoo! He's not one of our favorites at all. <laughs> Just kidding, he is. Totally is. It is so good to be here. Um, Michael, can you start by just kind of introducing yourself to our listeners and sharing some information about your role here at Onslow County Schools? Sure. So um, I get to work with two big groups of educators here in Onslow County, two of the most magical people. Um, One group being our gifted specialists and the kids that go along with all of them, and then our avid team. And so... Um, those are the two biggest hats that we wear, but mm-hmm. the title of our little division is College and Career Readiness. So it really, we try to touch everyone just like you guys do in digital, right? Like it's, um, we know that we're trying to prepare kids for a future that we can't quite predict. So okay. how do we, um, how do we do that short term and long term and 
meet kids where they are and try to just grow each year. So that's pretty much it. I am a recovering elementary teacher. Um, <laughs> and so that is always where my heart is, is with the little ones. Um, so, uh, but I do enjoy working with, with adults now. And so, and then getting to play with kids every now and then. Nice. Yeah. So since you wear many hats, mm-hmm. how, in, in you know, this little mini series we're discussing our lessons learned from remote learning and the things that are going to take us forward how did our initial remote learning experience kind of affect or influence or propel or block um (laughs) any of the things that that y'all are trying to do as a whole with college and career readiness um and then looking forward what do you envision a lot in once. No, it, it, and it's good, right? Because that's the reality we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is there's no one path, there's no one channel, there's no one source of information, right? Like, it's about putting it all together and trying to to get it to a point when it makes sense, right? Like, and it's going to be different for each kid. And I think that's the one thing we found with remote learning is anything that wasn't that was a challenge face to face is a challenge in remote learning. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the number one thing that stood out was if we had if we had a difficult situation such as not having a really strong relationship with kids or not having a really strong relationship with parents, well it doesn't get better when you go online. Right. So we I think what we've learned in this process is what we probably already somewhat knew, which is relationships matter. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. you've got to know, we've got to know one another, we've got to know our people, we've got to know our content, and we've got to know how they all play together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was probably the biggest initial challenge was Mm -hmm. re-inviting people into a new environment. Mm -hmm. Like So just like we had to invite kids in on the first day of school, you have to invite kids in on the first day of remote, and then on the 10th day of remote, and Mm -hmm. those kind of things. So. Um, I think that was the biggest hurdle and probably the biggest learning experience for us. Um, I, I think for me personally, look, getting to look at it from the outside and working with folks who are working on the inside of it all, it's that whole piece of how do you, how do you make sure that you're being supportive at all levels? Mm-hmm. Right? So and not creating more work. Mm-hmm. So for our gifted specialists, they really, they had a, they did a, an amazing job, but in our conversations would struggle with things like, how do I make sure that I'm not just piling on what the classroom teacher is doing mm-hmm. and, and not being able to sit around a table with the teachers and really do the things that we know that are best, like curriculum compact and do content replacement mm-hmm. and those pieces. Like that's harder mm-hmm. in an online environment. Um, so we've got to do better about that um, because we also know you can't just pull back either. Like our all kids deserve the support that they need. Right. right. So right. whether you're an avid kid or a gifted kid or a middle of the road kid or a, a whoever you are Mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. all that person at some point yeah and so we need somebody who's going to be our advocate and that's really i think where we landed was how do we make sure that we're being kids advocates and not just 
you know, not just quote unquote doing a job. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. That, that's probably, th- those would probably be the two big things for me is relationships and meeting folks where they are. Mm-hmm. And I would love to sit here today and say, like, we figured it all out. We're ready to rock and roll. But I don't think we go into any school year feeling that yeah. way. You've no, got to yeah. meet the kids first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's what's exciting to me right now is we're starting to look at other options, other ways of delivering. Uh, making sure that folks are comfortable when they come back, whether that's physically or online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to steal the phrase we said at the beginning of all this, right? It's being comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all going to have moments where we say, Ooh, I'm not sure I know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So for from like kind of an administrative standpoint, since you are coordinating with the AIG specialists who are at the schools, the AVID coordinators who are at the schools, and then by extension, AVID teachers, and of course, gifted students and AVID students. Moving forward, whatever, you know, we've already talked about the unknown. Um, However remote learning or brick and mortar learning look moving forward, what, how are you going to kind of take those lessons you've learned and feed that out through your groups. How do you, you know? How do you propel that from an administrative standpoint? Yeah, I think that you know, as cliche as the phrase "building capacity" is quickly becoming, like I think that's where that's where it's at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is saying, okay, I can identify, say, three high schools that really rocked avid tutorology or avid tutor experiences online right mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. use teams to have their tutorials and kept that moving mm-hmm. so if i'm at one of those places i've got to be willing to share that this is how it worked right mm-hmm. um, and then from an administrator standpoint i think it's about a it's always about a getting out of the way mm-hmm. right? like get out of the way of people doing good work um, and then b making sure that people who are who still need support or need help know who to reach out to. And we can say like, oh, here are the here are the places where they figured that out. And then let's reverse roles. What did you figure out mm-hmm. so that you can help them? Because we all are gonna have areas of strengths and weakness, right? And I think that's kind of hard for educators sometimes, like mm-hmm. that collaboration piece. Mm-hmm. And I feel like virtual learning, remote learning mm-hmm. is kind of, brings some of our weaknesses to light Mm -hmm. and um, we've really had to do some reflecting about how we collaborate and maybe even ask for help and yeah 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 well that comes especially Mm -hmm. difficult at say a high school level Mm -hmm. where you might be the only one teaching your content then Mm -hmm. who do you plan with and in the past and this is one thing that the virtual environment on those remote learning days might assist a little is that it encourages more virtual collaboration. Mm -hmm. So now if I'm the avid teacher at Richlands High School, it becomes a lot easier for me to say, well, okay, I don't have another avid teacher here I can plan with, but now I can call the avid teacher at Trexler, which Mm -hmm. is my feeder middle school, Mm -hmm. and also the avid teacher at Jacksonville High School so that we can all kind of coordinate some kind of game plan. I think that remote learning environment will maybe lend itself a little bit a little bit towards encouraging that cross school planning, which which has been so it's hard. It's so hard. The non-remote environment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean it it almost re 
it reframes school. Mm -hmm. Like the remote environment creates school that is not limited by how far can I walk during my planning period. Yeah. So yeah. I can reach out, like you're saying. Like I, I can hit anybody in any school if, mm -hmm. if I need an idea or a teacher. But we also all have to be willing to do that. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's no different than face-to-face. -face. I've got to right. be willing to open my door. Right. And we know that one of the great challenges for all anybody in a remote environment is remote makes teaching and learning visible. Mm -hmm. right? Like So we're all seeing what each other are doing, and that can be an inspiring time, and it can be a scary time. Yeah. Right? And we just have to mm -hmm. own both sides of that mm -hmm. and just say we all feel that way. Yeah. it's okay oh absolutely yeah I think yeah right and that's one of the lessons we shared last week on the podcast was kind of going and cutting yourself some slack mm -hmm. and also knowing that it's not going to look exactly the same mm -hmm. right and we talked about how we think our teachers who are just kind of like well it is what it is like let's keep rolling mm -hmm. maybe I think Sashelle even said had a few less uh Gray hairs yes. coming out yes. of the process because mm -hmm. it, it became less stressful when you gave in to, I can't control it. Mm -hmm. Things are going to go wrong and yeah. we're just going to, we're just going to roll with the punches. Right. Cause you do have less control in a remote yeah. learning environment because the students are not in your classroom anymore. Yeah. yeah. They're, you have to just trust that they are doing what they need to do right. where they're at. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and then coupled with the, kind of loss of that connectivity right. that is so important to so many teachers mm -hmm. and so michael you mentioned one of your lessons is that those relationships are important mm -hmm. so let's say we have a brand new teacher mm -hmm. starting with us this school year sure. <laughs> that will likely happen yes. <laughs> and if we are in a remote environment <laughs> which may also happen what advice would you give to that new teacher about how to build relationships, which is it's already difficult to do, but now like without being face-to-face -face with the kids, what advice would you give to teachers who are struggling there? Yeah, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is intentionality. Like, relationships don't happen by accident. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so I would tell a first-year teacher the same thing I would tell myself, which is you can't invest in a relationship one, once and expect it to last. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Like, you can't go in and do the all-about-me poem on the first day of school and say, but I ask you guys what you liked. Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't work for adults. It doesn't work mm -hmm. for kids. If it's not authentic, don't do it. Right? Yeah. Like, so be authentic. Be yourself. Like, don't. Don't be the over-the-top eccentric person for a week and then fall into content teaching. Mm -hmm. like be yourself, be authentic, and connect with kids. Like they'll, They will respond to that. And yes, we do have to sometimes want it more than kids want it themselves and, <laughs> and pursue the relationship. But I dare say that's life, right? Like There are lots yeah. of times in life when you have to pursue a relationship before the other side of the relationship is ready for it. Right? Mm -hmm. like, so it fits all situations and I think if we model that for our kids I think the the other hard side of relationships is kids grow because of relationships with one another mm -hmm. and if we aren't giving them that opportunity in an mm -hmm. online environment mm -hmm. there is no recess right yep. yeah unless we create it yep. right and I have yet to see a recess in an online environment yeah like when are we giving kids the opportunity to just be kids 
That was part of one of our lessons last yeah. week yes. to maybe put a channel in your Microsoft team and just call it recess yeah. and let kids so go cool. there and just talk. I mean, because as much as we would love kids to talk all day, every day about our content, mm -hmm. <laughs> they also want to talk about stuff that's yeah. interesting to them that's not school related. Mm -hmm. And like you said, when there's no physical recess, when they're not in the cafeteria together, when they don't have that downtime on the bus, mm -hmm. to just talk, especially I'm thinking of like, I had two siblings growing up. Mm -hmm. So even if I wasn't around my peers, I had some social socialization with other kids mm -hmm. in my two siblings. I think about like either only children or our students who maybe have larger age gaps between them and siblings. Like that's gotta be hard and lonely. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. For sure. And just realizing other kids want that too. And mm -hmm. like you're not you're not the only one out there who's looking for somebody to talk to, like all those pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I do think when it comes to the relationships, I think it's that it's being intentional right mm -hmm. and being sustained with it like so like i said they can't just be the first week it's got to be something and i'll pull back one of the many things that avid does really well in those weeks at a glance right is it intentionally plans in a social component mm -hmm. and it intentionally plans in an emotional component mm -hmm. because we know as much as we talk about social and emotional learning we've lumped those two together as if they're the same thing yeah and there's mm -hmm. an and in Right. There's mm -hmm. social learning and there's emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And we've got to facilitate both of those if we're going to see kids and adults grow into the people that we all want. To. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, so that's another area that we as educators in the classroom often struggle mm -hmm. to make sure we're incorporating. You know, there's so much emphasis put on the standards and assessment and achievement and performance that oftentimes when it comes to that social piece and that emotional piece, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to infuse those sometimes with some efficacy mm -hmm. Because, you know, as teachers, a lot of us maybe feel like if I do this, then I've got to give up some time with content. Mm -hmm. So what would be your advice to not only to how to make sure that's being infused in instruction and not just an extra piece, but adding in the remote environment? I think the first thing that we all have to remember is everything everything happens in a social environment mm. so every bit of science content was learned in a social environment like we discovered radioactivity as a result of a social experience right <laughs> like we discover like the hardest content sometimes is math right but i think if we remind ourselves as educators, like why did we get excited about this content? Mm -hmm. It's usually because there was some social or emotional connection personally with it. Mm -hmm. um, and that all these discoveries, like as exciting as they are, and the vocabulary, it all came to be as a result of people talking and learning and discussing. And that's the way our kids are gonna grasp onto it. Mm -hmm. and, and in a remote environment, it's how do I structure that in a way that it's not, you know, we'll go back to the traditional sit and get, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, 
we, we know that sit and get ends with forget. Like, so <laughs> if you sit and get, then you forget. So yeah. like um, that will happen online in the same way it happens in a classroom. I will hold on to it long enough until you give me a quiz on it, um, and then I will forget it. Yeah. And the next year teacher will tell us, well, they, they must not have taught this. And say, well, yeah. You know, so that same thing, good teaching is good teaching, right? And mm -hmm. good teaching results is measured by learning. Right. Not by how much did I deliver. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I'll always come back to that mm -hmm. when it comes down to trading off time, right? Mm -hmm. Kathy Seely and so many other people talk about, you know, going slow to go fast. Right. You start slow, you build the relationships, you get things rocking and rolling, and then you can you have so much more schema to attach to. Um, and all those things that we know just works right? because it works yeah. for us. <laughs> well, and I mean, addressing social and emotional needs is almost impossible without those relationships. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, thinking back to certain students, you kind of, when if you have a relationship with your students, you just know mm -hmm. if they have like a social need or an emotional need, mm -hmm. and it's easier to address those. Mm -hmm. And then as a whole class and or utilizing social and emotional learning techniques mm -hmm. if they trust you they're going to be more open to those conversations and and more willing to participate in something that you know ask them to work with their peers or jump out of their comfort zone or mm -hmm. or whatever so i think it again goes back to relationships and that's really important yeah and and again, we say, like, relationships without content don't matter either, right? Mm -hmm. Like, relationships without content are friendships, right? And that's also not our role. Right. Right. Like, yeah. So we've got to make sure that we're, we're building the relationships because we know that they matter personally and professionally mm -hmm. um, with our kids as well as with our peers, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the people... Sometimes the relationships we invest the least in in a school are between the adults in the school. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's so true. Right. Um, and I, we touched on that in the last podcast also, and Aaron gave some really good ideas on how you can stay connected nice. um, with your peers. Because it's hard, like mm -hmm. being isolated like that. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult mm -hmm. to stay connected with, you know, yeah. the people you work with. Yeah. Well, and I think by nature, teachers are very social creatures mm -hmm. oh, agreed, it's, yeah. it's hard to be willingly enter into a classroom <laughs> of 30 students right, if you're true. not a little so social true. right um so i that was a huge um eye opener i guess mm -hmm. during our initial remote learning experience is how disconnected mm -hmm. teachers felt yeah. during that process yeah yeah absolutely it's a huge curve for everybody right? mm -hmm. because and, and, and it, it's got to be okay to not be okay mm -hmm. you know, like in that situation mm -hmm. where you say like this is not how i want to teach however right. we also know we're preparing kids for a future that we can't anticipate right, right. so, true. so um, true. as we do that they may be entering into things that they'd say huh this is not my ideal but i because of the experiences i've had i've learned how to be content in this situation until mm -hmm. I can change it, until mm -hmm. I have that sphere of influence where I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so as in an administrative role, when you start to 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 realize or you know to become aware of um, your AG specialists or you know members of, of the AVID team, 
being not okay mm -hmm. or feeling that loss of connection, what are suggestions that you might have for other people in administrative roles on how to check in with them in a way that, you know, doesn't seem condescending or superficial um, and how to kind of acknowledge and validate those feelings? Yeah, I, one piece, and this has been one that's really been on my learning curve in the last year is you can't, I can't, maybe other people can't, I can't <laughs> tell people how to feel. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you you should be okay with this. I can't tell you that it's gonna be okay. I can't, like, that. those are your feelings, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you have to have your feelings. I, I do think it's really important from an administrator standpoint to always remember that we're all people first mm -hmm. and yeah. teacher second. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have to remember we're all paid to be here. Like, so there is a responsibility that comes with that. And sometimes you have to put that in front of us as adults. Sometimes I have to be reminded that like, <laughs> you know, it's Monday morning, you do have to be there. Um, so like, I, I don't think accountability is a bad thing as long mm -hmm. as it comes from a position like you're saying. It can't be condescending. It's got to be mm -hmm. out of a respectful place of our first business here is kids. Right. Because without kids, we don't have a business. Right. right. Um, our second business, though, is taking care of one another as adults in the, in the profession. So uh, when you get to that, I think we have to be honest with ourselves as administrators and say, what do I know about the folks I work with? Mm -hmm. um, and if I can't list two or three things personally about each staff member, I need to hold myself accountable to that mm. and say, I've got to go find out. I've yeah. got to go find out. Because, well, if I, if I don't know you in the good times, you're not going to want me in the bad times. Mm -hmm. right? like, so, and when things do get tough, it's going to be really hard to have a crucial conversation with mm -hmm. somebody if I haven't had a conversation before. So many things we talk about when we were, when we all learned to be good teachers, right, mm -hmm. were your first phone call home better not be a bad phone call. Right. right. If yeah. it is, you get exactly what you deserve, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, so we've got to go out and have those positive interactions mm -hmm. because it's A, we're human and it's the right thing to do. Um, so from an administrator standpoint, I think you've got to know, you've got to get to know your people. You've got to be vulnerable enough with your folks that they know that you're human too mm -hmm. and be willing to say guys I haven't been as in touch as I would mm -hmm. like to be or you know I, I've had a rough couple of months it's not your responsibility it's mine to take mm -hmm. care of mm -hmm. um, and you've got to be willing to re recognize that we're all stronger together and that we're all smarter together mm -hmm. <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> hashtag better together that's <laughs> right like, that's, get that right and yet we do live in a very individualistic society yeah. mm -hmm. so we value we, we tend to value this i can do it on my own yeah. and yes that's great and there's nothing that's a good thing but as a leader sometimes i can get really lonely yeah right? and once you get lonely then it's really hard to invest in other people mm -hmm. um, and then i still that my last one of this is the five really early on in this process, I was told to put five thank you notes right on the corner of your desk. And if on Friday you haven't sent five thank you notes, you stay on Friday until you write those five notes. Because if you can't thank five people in the course of a 40 to 80 hour work week, mm -hmm. you're not investing in your people. I, I'm going to start doing that. I love that. 
So yeah, how important is that? Just to say thank you to someone, you're mm-hmm. appreciated. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, selfishly, it makes you feel better. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. Really, yeah. I mean, when you sit down <laughs> and you think about like how much people are doing to mm-hmm. make your role possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no principal in this district that can teach two thousand kids, let alone right. twenty-seven thousand. There's no director who can lead twenty-seven thousand. Like, and. If we hold ourselves accountable, I think people are more likely to hold themselves accountable, too. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I love that. Well, and it goes back to that relationship building Mm -hmm. also, right? Right back full circle into Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. Which is also important as a teacher Mm -hmm. in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Showing, you know, showing your students that you, too, are human, Mm -hmm. and therefore you understand that they are human. allowing them to see you as vulnerable at times. We've talked extensively about, especially when it comes to technology and stepping outside of your comfort zone, allow your students to help you and and show their expertise when you maybe don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hard as a teacher to kind of relinquish a little bit of that control and allow students to stand up on your stage with you. Um, but it's important yeah. to, to build those relationships, mm-hmm. to sustain those relationships. And to show yourself as a learner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm always impressed with folks who are continually in professional learning and professional development and taking courses and do, doing things where you say like, it's, I think there's a little bit of irony in a teacher who stands in front of a class telling kids how important learning is and we can't name the last book we read mm-hmm. or I can't tell you the last problem I tried to solve outside of what I'm paid to do mm-hmm. right? like, because that's what we're asking them to do. Right? right. Absolutely. So having a kid show you how to make this technology work mm-hmm. is critically important, but I think it's even more important that they see you trying to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Like not just, you just hook that thing up for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that, show then, me how to yeah, do that. Show me. Teach me Let how me to do learn that. From mm-hmm. Well, and what an empowering moment for that student. Right, absolutely. And I'm sure those students go home and say, like, mom, dad, whoever, I got to teach my teacher something today. Yeah. And you think about, like, all of us as teachers have pretended to not know something. Oh, yeah. Right? So that a kid has that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I can't find that book. I can't. Can you read this for me? Mm -hmm. Like, all those things, right? Like, are moments when kids see themselves in the role of leader and teacher. Yeah. Which really is ultimately part of our job, empowering students mm-hmm. to yeah. be, you know, leaders, career mm-hmm. and college ready, That's you know. Mm-hmm. So. so kind of to to close us out, um, you mentioned that the remote learning experience has made teaching and learning very visible. Yes. Moving forward, whether it be next year or 10 years or 20 years from now, mm-hmm. how do you see the this impacting education as a whole moving forward? I think there's elements of opportunities to learn for kids that may not have always had access. Mm. Um, I think it opens us all up to say, man, I may not be the best at teaching this particular piece of my content, Mm. but you know, Seychelles is. So I'm mm-hmm. just gonna I'm gonna expose my kids to Seychelles lessons because they're all out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so those opportunities to learn and grow for kids and for teachers, I think, um, 
And then I really hope that 20 years from now, because it'll take us a little while, I think equity mm -hmm. and access are going to be the other two pieces where we say we're a lot more equitable in how we can get resources to kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're so blessed here with mm -hmm. so much technology, and yet we still know there are equity issues, right? right. There's still access issues. I was going to say, especially with access, yeah. like mm -hmm. that's still, because we have a lot of rural areas that mm -hmm. have, I mean, the internet's just not good mm -hmm. out there, you know? So, yeah. great point. Ultimately, how it will, I don't know, evolve with us is that we recognize that different people have different strengths and that's mm. okay, mm -hmm. right? Like that some people are probably always going to be better face-to-face -face, and some people are going to be better in front of a screen. And right now there still feels like there's a judgment there, mm -hmm. like either you're good online or you're good face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And yet I don't know that we've teased out where and how we can leverage that like if yeah. we're a good business mm -hmm. then we're going to figure out here are our strengths online here are our folks who are really strong face to face and we would and we would capitalize um, on those strengths um, mm -hmm. and therefore value those people right <laughs> instead right, of right. you would be a better teacher if you were better online like i don't want to see us get to that point mm -hmm. either to where so I think ultimately we appreciate each other for the strengths that we bring and then we mm -hmm. grow each other. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that brings in the importance of collaborating mm -hmm. with your peers as educators mm -hmm. because if I know that here are my weaknesses, mm -hmm. I also probably know who has those as strengths mm -hmm. and hopefully I will feel encouraged and empowered to go to them for help or like you said expose my students to their expertise mm -hmm. and their strengths in that area instead of just kind of staying in in my classroom and saying well I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep on keeping on and yeah. pretend that these aren't my weaknesses yeah and ultimately I hope that it helps all kids and teachers, but especially kids, see that smart is not a thing mm -hmm. that some people have and some people don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that everybody has their areas of intelligence mm -hmm. and everybody is smart, right, in, mm -hmm. in something. Mm -hmm. and we can figure that out with you mm -hmm. in ways that sometimes I think that the digital and remote gives us more access to that mm -hmm. um, and a little bit more personalization. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You for know that we've been desperate to get you on the podcast yes. for a while now. So true. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so happy to have you discussing, you know, such an important and relevant topic. Mm -hmm. Thanks for letting me share. It's always good to talk to you guys. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you all so much. So thank you all for joining us. Yes, thank you. Um, until next time. Yeah. This has been another episode of Grande Tech Expectations.